When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. My name's David Edgar, I am your host and I'm joined this week by none other than the Time Capsule's very own Mr Martin Ramsey. Hello sir. Hi David, how are you? I'm okay, uh, with the exception of still in shock after Rangers shockingly inept display in the 1-0 defeat at Ibrox on Wednesday night to Aberdeen. We watched the games back uh, after uh, after a, a suitable period has expired, Martin, and I watched the game back this morning, and normally, uh, when you've been angry at a performance, you can see that the head of anger, of steam that you build up during the match, maybe blinds you to certain things. Uh, sometimes you say, well, we made enough chances, or sometimes, well, he played well, or he played well. But watching that back this morning, genuinely, even looking for a positive... None of the 10 outfield players who started were anywhere even near acceptable. Rangers were desperately poor. And in the end, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't understand where it had come from because having played Hearts at Tynecastle and played so well and reacted so well to, to going a goal behind and showing those intangibles that matter, like character and heart and spirit, as well as some really good, incisive play, None of that, just completely 180 from what we witnessed uh, in the last match. And I was stunned by it, in all honesty. Stuns the world. Um, it's not what we expected. We spoke about it on Monday in the flagship. Um, we expected us to be buoyed um, by the, the building confidence over the past few weeks, especially um, getting a big, big-ish result, uh, going to Tincastle and winning. Um, we expected them to be fired up given the, the, the League Cup semi-final, even the, the opening day draw. Um, we expect them maybe to have a point to prove. We started all right. We started quite brightly, actually. We played some decent stuff. Aberdeen got what they came for reasonably early on. 
um, winning a second ball from a from a set piece, and the pattern of the game was set from from there on in. And we looked sluggish, and sluggish turned to nervous, and nervous turned to panic. Um, and I think Sunday there, I had just about gotten me out my funk after the uh, League Cup semi-final, um, and been really pissed off with that performance. So it was it was good of them to um, renew my rage uh, with the <laughs> performance that last week. I think that that point that you make that. I was expecting a reaction as well because of the two previous matches against Aberdeen and I thought that the manager certainly, it's, it's arced him, he's referred to it uh, the last couple of games and I think he really fancied, right, we've got them in our own patch now, we've got our striker up front, we're going to go out there and, and take it to them. And I think that's why I expected us to fly out the traps you know, and really go for them. And as you say, we, we started okay, Aberdeen's first attacks ball into the box and to be fair things like that can happen I'm, I'm honestly not going to be too harsh about it because it's a really good finish in all fairness and he gets in the end of a dead ball but I didn't panic at that point because I thought oh, you know, it was 83 minutes to go right it's a disappointment let's just get our shit together and I don't think that was based on blind hope because we had witnessed at Tyne Castle a Rangers team do exactly that and say right okay and actually had been playing in far more trying circumstances because Hearts had been the better side um, but we didn't do it at all. We went into our shells. And then something that really grates with me, with any football team, but obviously particularly my own, is we talk a lot in football about bravery. And football, it's not always about you know, running constantly or chucking yourselves into tackles or squaring up to people. Sometimes bravery saying in a tough environment where the crowd are edgy, give me the ball, yeah, give me the ball, I'll make something happen. And when it doesn't come off and you get the groans, to still turn around the next time and go, give me the ball, and look to be attacking and look to use the ball. And we did not have that. Noticeably, it was a topic of discussion at the game, everywhere around me, everybody I spoke to afterwards, the fans could see this, players were getting the ball, and if they thought that they were hiding in plain sight by coming short for a pass, taking it, turning inside, knocking it short, being available to take a short ball, repeat, we saw it, we all saw it. Um, the midfield was shockingly poor, I thought, really, really bad. I didn't think the midfield were good at the weekend. Um, and honestly, I thought that was the weakest part of the team, probably, certainly in the first half. But last night was... You, you can't win a title if you have a midfield that is so anodyne. No, you can't. You can't win. Usually, you can't win big games without winning the midfield. You can't win a title without winning big games. That's that's a kind of standard pattern, standard understanding. You spoke on on Monday's flagship about the Tyne Castle performance. Almost this kind of um, good rectangle we have mm. um, that, that surrounds um, a gaping hole in the middle of a team, and we'll get our way out of games by forcing the ball out there. And we do have good deliveries um, from from both sides, Middleton as well as um, uh, as Tav, I guess, and uh, Candace can can do it as well. Um, and that's that's how we get out of trouble. That's how we've got out of trouble for the last few weeks. Think back to the visit to to St Mern a few weeks ago um, or a month ago, <laughs> and that's all well and good. But I had expressed concern on Monday that that can't always happen and maybe we're a wee bit too predictable. And Aberdeen would appear 
have expected us to do absolutely nothing of any note through the middle of the park. We're not going to drive at them. We're not going to try and pass little triangles through. Um, we're going to go out wide all the time, so just flood those areas. And Middleton was getting the ball. He was asking for the ball. I think Tav was pushing up. Candace always always looking to do something. But they had absolutely no space at all. No, Tav had two on him all the time. And, and again, because, yeah, and because Flanagan played rather than a more attacking um, fullback, rather than yeah, say exactly. at Barisic being fit, that meant they, they only had to concentrate on three. And you're right, they sacrificed midfielders to go out there to do that. And we're confident in our centre backs to be able to, you know, get, get the headers away. And we missed our field because he does do something different. He drives, he gets into the box, uh, and we missed him. And what we had is we had three guys. We had Ryan Jack, who can do a specific job, and I'm not sure it's always the job that Rangers need. Certain matches, certainly, but at home, you don't need somebody. If you're playing for a side like Aberdeen or another side in the SPFL, a lot of the time you need someone who can help out a teammate when they get into trouble by just being there, you know, to take the ball yeah. and recycle it quickly. But at, at, at Ibrox at home, we don't really need that. Aberdeen last night surrendered possession, and not for the first time. The The biggest possession stats we've had this season, folks, are last night was second with 67%, and the other game with 68% was League Cup semi-final. So Aberdeen, we're confident, as Martin says, just give us the ball, and their midfield are not going to hurt us. Uh, and Jack isn't that type of player. Ejaria was dreadful. And I was talking to a friend about this at the moment. Ejaria, who I think has had good games for Rangers, but you look at statistically two goals, one assist, that's not a big enough contribution from an attacking midfielder. But he's gone off form. I mean, he did start quite well, but he's he's gone off form recently. And last night there was an incident that's become a bit of a if you like, uh, uh, almost a, a totem of the whole match, where Flanagan was waiting to take a throw-in, and Ajaria right in front of the main stand, and at, the whole main stand saw it and was a buzz. but speaking to people in other stands, they saw it. He stepped very deliberately behind his opponent, you know, to, yeah. to not come for the throw. Eventually, Middleton, as you say, he burst down and, and made himself available. But he's obviously shit out of confidence. And then Koulibaly, Hartman's own, has been... Pretty poor since his injury. And last night we had the three of them in there. Aberdeen gambled. It wasn't a huge bet that none of them could do anything in a positive sense, and they were right. They were all neat and tidy. There were plenty of you know nice pirouettes from Ajaria before he passed the ball back the way Kulabali just disappeared in all honesty. Um and Jack, as I say, took the ball, passed it slight sideways, took it back, did the same. Um in Jack's defence, he probably a game where a guy who breaks up play, the the other team weren't playing. You know, they were just giving us the ball. So, so his main strength, he's not going to get to use and stuff. He's he's not good at. He was having to do, and I, I thought back to the game last year where Young McCrory was playing in midfield and snapping into tackles and driving the ball forward and pulling on, and I wondered about him. Uh, I, I, we need midfielders. I mean, we can talk about this till we're blue in the face, but I just we've got a lot of bodies, but I don't think the the balance is right. I don't think the skill set is correct all the time, and it just makes us too reliant on some very talented wide players and uh, a talented striker who we will come to for the other side of his game in a minute. Uh, and I thought last night was the real archetype of that and unfortunately I think now teams will look at that and we should be good enough with a lot of them 
to beat them by the wide players and the striker. But a lot of teams will go, ignore the midfield, they're not going to hurt you, just concentrate on the wingers, the fullback, and the striker, and that will see us home. I don't care who you've got out wide or how good they are, they still need space to work. And if we have nothing to concern anyone in the middle of the park, then it, it, it's going to be incredibly difficult for these guys who, who have played, been very impressed with our wide options, and especially in Europe when we do get that space, because um, we, we're maybe happier to, to sit off. Um, then the life's going to be very, very difficult. I think you and I share the same opinion on Jack David. He's, he has his moments, but, but overall, he's, he's just an average Scottish midfielder. Mm. Um, I think the the old water carrier position has been slightly misunderstood over time, the old Deschamps, Makaleli thing. Um, I think that's simply what they did, was just shuttle around and, and make easy passes that were capable of, of other things. However, I can accept having one player like that is, is all right. But in the three midfielders we had last night, that's all they could do. You can't have three people doing that. No. At home. Um, when you need to win a game. And you need to force a game because you've conceded a, a goal in the first 10 minutes. Um, so that's a problem. Um, Ejaria, yeah. Uh, mentally fatigued. Probably physically uh, physically fatigued. I, I don't know. Kent's obviously getting enforced rest, but... I don't know if he'll have played anywhere near the he football he's played. He hasn't. Um, and, and that's got to take its toll. Also mentally, just not equipped to deal with playing for Rangers Football Club. And I see a bit of trouble. This is a glorious position in the league compared to where we've been in December the last two seasons. But Ibrox is not an easy place to play no. at the best of times. And we've seen our best ever teams um, have to come through the same conditions. It's not going to change. It's not going to change quickly. So that's the equation. Um, and it's probably no surprise for someone like that who has not been tried and tested and has grown up and has has come through um, that baptism of fire with someone else. Um, he's going through it just now. Um, so it's, it's probably not, not surprising. Um, but I, I do worry about how easy this, this makes us to play against going forward um, because we can all talk about January and what we can do possibly in there but December's a tough month and it it could be reasonably academic by then what we what we do and um, we, we just need to hang in there by, by hook or by crook and if we're in remotely the same position we're in just now come New Year's Eve um, we'll, we'll have we'll have done well and then we can start to address, and only the second window, remember, mm. um, the next phase of of building this this team. Yeah, absolutely. And if it sounds like we're picking on those guys, we're really not, because the whole team, as I say, were very poor. I was, again, amazed watching the game back that my memory hadn't played tricks and, in fact, had probably reduced the amount of stray passes and passing to a marked teammate or a guy in space and just bad decision-making... If it wasn't bad decision-making, it was bad execution. Um, it was just one of those nights where the whole team had a collective stinker. Alan McGregor was going to... I would not have fancied facing Alan McGregor when I got into that dressing room last night. He looked as though he was going to uh, tear heads off when he got in there. And it was just a, a really, really frustrating night. Um, 
Martin, do we need to change the fullback every game? Because get it. aye, it seemed puzzle. I, I I can't see what Andy Hall now. Maybe he was carrying a knock, right? Maybe he was. We don't know. But from, we can only go on what we do know, which is Flanagan came in, and I don't think that was unexpected. That's the thing. I think we all thought that would happen, even though Halliday I thought had been excellent at the weekend. Um, John Flanagan played again, played poorly. Uh, and it is going to sound like I'm picking on him so look, I think people know my thoughts on him I don't think he's a particularly good footballer full stop but certainly he's not a a left back but I think that the injuries he's had have robbed him of his pace Um, and I I think that that's that's what hurts him I think he's a good tackler but uh, obviously he's not confident going forward and if a ball's knocked in behind him by a winger he's, he's in trouble but there was no need to make that change and I get the whole well, we've got a lot of games and we need to rotate players, but not every single match, surely. And on top of that, Andy Halliday hasn't played anywhere near as much as other players in the squad. And also, we don't rotate the right back, so why is it desperately necessary for the left back? To me, look, I love Steven Gerrard, folks, you all know that, but that was a change for change's sake, as far as I could see. And not for the first time in that position? No. Um, no... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. There is a balance to to strike, and there's a balance to strike in certain areas of the team. We we've talked about this before. Um, when we we had the four wide men, for example, available in order to use them wisely. And December is a crazy month. We know that. Um, then I get swapping those around. I, I get keeping that fresh and, and, and mixing it up. Not your centre halves, although. There is an argument in Europe, Worrell's maybe better suited than the Macaulay's, maybe more of a, a, a siege defender. Um, but the, the, the left-back thing, I, I don't understand. There could be an argument, you, you said that to me when we walked in last week against Villarreal and, and Flanagan was playing, you said, well, that's his boy. Now, managers have that. Everyone, every manager has that. They have that blind spot, perhaps. But that doesn't really fit with the fact he isn't afraid to hook him. Yeah, that's true. Usually usually when there's a, a blind spot, usually when there's a favourite, they stay on for 95 minutes, come <laughs> hell or high water, doesn't matter what they're doing. Bert Conterman um, syndrome. Yeah, because that blind spot remains. Um, but but Gerard has not... That, last night's not the first time that Flanagan's were off pretty early. No. Um, so, Second time he's been hooked at half-time in a match at Ibrox. Kelly was the other one. That's... Yeah... You don't have to be in football long enough or too long to know that, that that's that's pretty damning unless you're injured or unless there's some kind of great tactical change. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what what we were trying um, uh, at halftime last night. But so it, that is a mystery. That that would be the only the only answer, and it, it doesn't really tie with the fact that yeah, as I said, he's 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 not afraid to give them the the butchers whenever whenever required. Taking a step back, which isn't easy, but we try. Taking a step back with uh, a, a bit of distance from the match now. <sighs> Are we being a little harsh? Because it's obviously hugely disappointing. Always it's disappointing when you lose at home, but especially to a team that you really dislike as much as Aberdeen. Uh, and especially a, a side as limited as Aberdeen. No disrespect, but they are. Um, big lads, they run about a lot, they... You know, know when to feign injury. They know when to break a game up. 
Um, they're, they're good at that. We got sucked into that. We lost our discipline a wee bit and started to react to the constant fouls and just making it worse. But we knew that this side were going to be inconsistent. It was put together in the summer. It was put together on a budget in one window. And while it's gutting, it's maybe not unexpected that we'll get these performances every so often. No, and if there's no pattern to it, then then yeah, you, you, the perspective is this is football and a team grabs a goal from a set piece and, and digs in. That won't be the first time that happens to Rangers. It won't be the first time that happens to big clubs in a league anywhere that are expected to take the game. Um, but uh, it's more the, maybe the tactical blueprint that's been set and what does that mean going forward? How do we overcome that? Because, yeah, our field makes a difference, but we probably need two our fields, really. Yeah. Um, to, to allow teams to think, oh, right, they've got something worth watching in the middle of the park. We, we can't commit men down the flanks, which then opens up our boys to, to do what they, they, they do quite well. Um, so that would be my only kind of longer term concern and being outthought tactically by let's say one of the um more direct tacticians in the, <laughs> the league the most straightforward um, is, tacticians yeah is a, is a worry um i'll be honest i don't think you're going to get perspective in december i think we, we talked about it and maybe it was in the the, the, the group chat rather than on, on any of the shows for both us and the beggars december's going to be mental it's good. It could well be crazy. It could well twist and turn all over the place. The only time we're going to get any kind of perspective is when the dust settles and all that um, during the break. And we'll see how close or how far um, we are away from what we, we hoped would happen next season, this season, which was just asking the questions. Again, the frustrations come, David, not by, I don't know, dropping points on Sunday, where Rangers teams have struggled in the past. Yeah. Dropping points on the 19th of December at Easter Road, Okay, that that's been a hard place for us to go in in, in in the recent past. It is the manner and 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 where we we've dropped points, I guess, as is, is the frustration. Knowing that Celtic are naturally coming back a little from where they've been, and they are they're dropping points as well. And it's how much that could cost um, some silly silly points um, that that probably is is the, the greatest frustration. But you're right, the perspective is. In order to have a title challenge, in order to put real, real pressure going into... I mean, the title race doesn't start until the spring. No. Okay? We, we're, we're jostling for position at this minute in time. Um, and there isn't a title race if you go into the split in Scotland, then there's more than two games of a swing mm. uh, involved. So it's just about staying staying with um, staying with the pace. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're probably... We're probably where we where we should be because we consistency comes from people who know the course. They know how to win titles. They know how to win under pressure, and we don't really have many in that squad. No, we don't have enough. And that was always it was always going to be a learning curve until they do. Uh, maybe we should all just welcome our new Ayrshire overlords and Rangers and Celtic should accept uh, this season that it's uh, Kelly who are the guys to chase. But uh, yeah, it has been. And look, I suppose the, the only consolation from last night was that last uh, minute Motherwell equaliser to take two points off Celtic. So uh, it, it could have been worse. 
Alfredo Morelos um, picked up another red card, our eighth of the season. Um, now, at the time, I thought he'd been harshly done by. I said so on a post-match reaction pod. hadn't seen anything um, because Shinny, from where I was, just made a meal of it. I didn't really see the incident. I just saw Shinny go down like he'd been absolutely shot and mm. I hadn't seen any contact. So uh, I thought he'd made a lot of it. His first booking, he gets booked for being Alfredo Morelos although he had been chipping away at the referee before, uh, who's clearly... Reminds me of Gaza. Do you remember when refs were on? Yeah. Yeah, we're on red alert with him. And he, he's got the card ready, don't get me wrong. And he gets booked for being Alfredo Morelos. It's a nothing tackle. It's his first... Uh, it's a piss-poor decision. But, right, yes, he has got every right to feel aggrieved at the way referees are refing him. But if you think, and in my case, I think he thinks correctly, that refs are out to get him, don't hand them the gun. Um, what he did was lunacy. I, I just I didn't understand it. And he'd been playing so well. Uh, my infatuation with Alfie was grown by the week. And then it was just so pointless. Yeah. Um, we compared them maybe to Drogba, Costa, um, earlier in, in the week. And Not in terms of ability, big... just in case anyone thinks. No, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. But uh, in terms of style, and he he lives on on that edge. He part of his game is is being a hustler, and and a duel with defenders does not just involve the ball. Um, and if you accept that we have a uh, the focal point of our attack is going to be like that then you kind of have to accept that, that, that you're not going to be far away from um, instance last night. I never have any sympathy with anyone who says, well, the second yellow card was a yellow card, but the first yellow card was a nonsense. You know the score. You know the situation you're in. So that, that, that's been and gone. Um, there's a wider issue, David. That's eight red cards, yeah. and it's, it's not even Christmas time. Um, eight red cards for a season, I think, is excessive. And you either look at it two ways. You take the the soonest first season model, I think from his arrival until that, that famous 2-2 game the following season in October, which is what, just over a year, or something like 10 or 11 red cards. Um, and you say, yeah, but we were reasserting our, our position in Scottish football and we were fighting back. Or you take the, the Avocat third year model, um, I think there's maybe 13 sending off in that 2000-2001 season um, and point to a complete lack of discipline and control um, probably somewhere in between but it's not intelligent football no and it's costing us not only on he's the not used to, he's absolutely yeah. no use it's the suspensions that are rattling up um, and I, I just think that Gerard is entitled to say to him you know I've, I've gone out to bat for you every single time um, I was doing it this week and you've 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 got to help me uh, to help you because I, I think he's got a right to be a bit disappointed there. Um, such a shame he'd, he'd been playing so well and and he will come back and play well. I mean he's, he's a great player, but it was just that side of his game that, as you say, we we do know about. So we go to the weekend. Um, we're travelling to Dens Park. Mind and stop in in that new Tesco that's opened up in the same street, lads, uh, for your pre-match snacks. And uh, we take on a Dundee side who, I think it's fair to say, had been playing, what's the word I'm looking for, shite, but then smashed Hamilton 4-0 last night with a certain Kenny Miller bag and a hat-trick, Martin. So, I mean, they'll be coming into this on a high. It's just what we wanted to see, wasn't it? <laughs> um, this game reminds me of, of a game I've already referenced, the St Mum game, 
uh, the start of November, uh, which I'm pretty sure had, had come off the back of um, the the Aberdeen um, semi-final. Um, and maybe the Kilmarnock, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it just came off the back of the, the, the semi-final. A lot of raw frustration. And get the fuck out of there with three points, however you do it. Yeah. I do not care. Yeah, I'm the same. It's not going to be uh, necessarily for trying new things or, 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 or judging the performance too much. Um, we need you back on track and they've had a uh, a big boost in their confidence at exactly the wrong time for us, so it, it's not the Dundee of a few weeks ago, where it really should be a given. Yeah, let's look at Barisic, for example. You would be penciling that game in and going, OK, well, we need to be careful with his um, fitness. Can I just rush him back in? We've been and seen that movie too often. Um, that would be a nice game for him to come back. Is it anymore? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, but however we do it, whoever plays... Um, just get the win and get back down the road. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I, I think we will do it. I think we'll win. I'm going to go for 2-1 and I think we'll do it. I don't expect a champagne performance. I think it will be tough. I think we'll be in our faces, but I think that we will just about do enough in this one and then hopefully that will reset the confidence moving into a big week for the Teds. Martin, uh, prediction please then before we wrap this up. 1-0. Uh, okay. Rangers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd assume that. Uh, okay, folks, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back on Monday uh, with uh, the main Heartland flagship show. But if you can't wait to hear from us till then, and I, who can blame you, then just visit our Patreon site. That's uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hand, where you'll find up to five new shows every single day on all things Rangers, not just current events, although there's plenty of that, but also history, famous matches, famous players, some shows on some non uh, uh, Martin and I do a show called When the Seagulls Fall the Trawler which covers the, the EPL and uh, there's also Serie A, La Liga plenty of stuff for you to get your teeth into for just one ninety nine per month so come along and uh, get involved thank you very much then to our executive producers London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles to my guest the wonderful Mr Martin Ramsey thank you David thank you for listening and we will return on Monday until then have a great weekend and hopefully we'll be back celebrating a Bears victory till then take care cheers bye Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.